Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oilfield Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to our live edition of our nationally syndicated radio show called In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today I'll be joined by my co-host, Jason Modulin, who is the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, and we're here to take your calls, any questions you have on oil, gas, energy, or specifically gas prices, what can you expect at the pump. I encourage you to call in at 210-308-8867. Or you can call our toll-free number at 866-308-8867. Or you can email the questions directly to me, which I'll be checking, kim at shellmag.com. Before I bring uh, Jason on, I'd like to tell you about our latest issue of Shell Magazine. Uh, Our cover, uh, we featured uh, Anne Bradbury, who is the CEO of American Exploration and Production Council. It's a lobbying group that is located in D.C., a uh, great group. Uh, they have a lot of things happening, and it's a wonderful story. So I encourage our listeners, uh, while it hasn't quite released as of yet, we will be releasing next week. So keep your eye out on that. Make sure that you have signed up for our free digital issue at shellmag.com. It also notifies you when we drop a new um, radio show as well, and you can join up for uh, emails that keep up with all the events that we are doing, along with our partnerships, like the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. So now it's time for me to welcome on my co-host, uh, Jason Modulin, the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Jason, welcome to In the Wall Patch Radio Show. Hey, Kim. Thank you so much for having me, and hope you're staying cool. It's pretty hot out there. It is very hot out there. You know, I caught myself, I was getting ready to say, and welcome to, you know, let me bring on my co-host, David Blackman, but he is absent this week with us. So it's you and I taking on the tough topics and talking about all things that are happening pertaining to oil and gas. Um, But, you know, um, I did, you know, I'm trying to encourage our listeners to go to shellmag.com and sign up for uh, either our eblast subscription, keeping up with events that are happening, and uh, also new shows that we're releasing because we, you know we we have a show every week, uh, and then of course the latest issue of Shell Magazine. And uh, I want to give you a little bit of time uh, to talk about an event that's coming up, but I, but I also want to tell our listeners that next week we go on the road in the oil patch. Uh, we uh, will be interviewing uh chevron is putting on the main sponsor for the houston greater partnership uh their state of world energy if you will covering global topics and uh main sponsor chevron will be talking with some of the executives that are there to talk and that's next week when we go on the road so people still have an opportunity to get tickets if they go to uh shellmag.com there's the artwork they can click on the banner ad and takes them straight to go buy tickets Um, There are still tickets available, and we encourage them to come to our booth and say hello and uh, give us some talking points on what they think about uh, the luncheon. Or actually, it's a conference that's going to go on for three days. So that's what we are doing. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what you are doing, (laughs) because you have some upcoming events as well. Well, absolutely. You you mentioned our conference, and and I'm excited to read uh, the latest Shell magazine. Uh, we're also having uh, Ann Bradbury uh, come to Texas uh, in September, uh, as as I think you're going to to advertise a little later in the show. We'll 
be having the Alliance's annual conference at the Hotel Drover in Fort Worth, September 14th and 15th. Um, really excited about our keynote speaker, Alex Epstein. Um, uh, as you know, he wrote The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels and just recently put out uh, Fossil Future, a, a fantastic work. A uh, number of other great speakers, uh, Railroad Commission Chairman Wayne Christian, uh, Diamondback Energy's new CEO, Case Van Hoff, uh, Ann Bradbury, as I mentioned, uh, Port of Corpus Christi CEO, Sean Strawbridge, and a number of other legislators and industry experts that uh, we've got lined up. So we're, we're really excited about getting together. Past that, it, it has been a lot of regulatory work, uh, both at the Texas Capitol and at the Railroad Commission. Um, and then, as you know, we have a petroleum economist on staff, Carr Ingham, out of the Amarillo area. And we've both got a trip lined up uh, to Washington, D.C. here in July, um, uh, doing a little more work on export and uh, import restrictions as it relates to uh, steel and specifically um, uh, oil country tubular goods. So um, the, the necessary implements to produce oil and gas in this country. You know, what I find fascinating is the fact that when we ran in, uh, you know, as we've uh, relocated to Houston, uh, part of our uh, operations, we, we ran into Ann Bradbury's group at the Hotel Zaza, and I never knew that they existed. I, I've only known of a few large, large associations in the lobbying area to help advocate on behalf of oil and gas. And then we ran into, of course, the American Exploration and Production Council, which is Ann uh, Bradbury's group. They're a lobbying group, and you guys are Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, and you focus a lot on Texas energy, but you're in D.C. as well. So it's so nice to see the synergy coming together between the different associations. Um, are you planning on partnering with in some way, or how are you guys going to leverage each other to help continue to push? Lord knows the oil and gas industry needs as many advocates and, and talking to this administration, you know, just good common sense oil and gas policy considering the climate that we're in right now. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, we, we talk pretty regularly to Ann, and, and, and she's got some fantastic staff doing both communications um, and, and work on the Hill. And um, uh, there are a number of good associations up in D.C. Uh, that we like to work with. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Ann's group, as you mentioned, there's also the Independent Petroleum Association of America, IPAA, uh, which does fantastic work, IPAA. Um, and then uh, uh, kind of the big umbrella group uh, um, up in D.C. is the American Petroleum Institute. Right. Um, uh, not only do they have kind of uh, legislative and policy work that, that, that they work on, but they also do, do quite a bit of work on standards. Um, they're constantly investing in upgrading standards, whether it's uh, the strength of pipe or how best to clean up a, a, a site. Um, and so they, they've got a pretty remarkable history over 100 plus years uh, of constantly ratcheting up uh, the standards of this industry uh, based on best practices, based on best available science. Um, and so it, it's uh, it's not just a lobbying group. They also do fantastic work uh, really improving the overall landscape of the industry. Uh, it's something that um, uh, America has really been a leader on uh, for quite some time. Well, and I'm, I'm happy to report that we've had all of those organizations on the radio show in the past. So uh, we try to cover all the good work, and it's good to see that everybody works so well together. Um, be, let me bring on, we have Joe, our fan listener from the Woodlands. Joe, uh, welcome to In the Wall Patch Radio Show, and what's your question today? What's going on with you? Well, just try to stay cool for the main thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
And, uh, well, kind of uh, related to the topic that we've been talking about on this show is Europe has decided that a lot of its green energy just really isn't keeping up with the Joneses, so to speak, and they're going more and more towards oil and natural gas, especially in uh, LNG, and in some areas even starting up coal plants. So I was just wondering how much of USA LNG or even United States coal could be shipped over there you know, without the Burden administration. Oh, did I say Burden administration? I meant Biden administration. <laughs> That's um, cute. Putting the stops on the, on the, you know, on all that. I mean, could they make a private uh, arrangement with the United States? Because I know they're not going to really want the natural gas from Russia that Biden approved, you know, with all the stuff going on with Ukraine. So, you know, maybe something could be worked out. Okay. Yeah, Joe, you, you touch on a great point. Um, uh, Europe really is is working to get off of Russian uh, oil and natural gas. I think they've had some significant challenges of doing that. Uh, as you mentioned, coal uh, usage is, is back on the rise in Europe. Uh, they're also relying on quite a bit of heating oil, uh, something that uh, we too have our own problems here in the United States in the Northeast, uh, a lot of communities that, that still have yet to transition away from heating oil uh, and to clean burning natural gas. Uh, the United States has a tremendous opportunity to help Europe get off of Russian gas. Um, and I do think that there's there's opportunities for both coal um, and natural gas for exports, particularly for developing uh, parts of the world. Um, and and uh, Kim and I were talking about it actually before the show started of there's a meeting going on right now in Germany, the uh, G7 summit. And so hopefully more good things will come from that, recognizing that we need more energy in this world. And, and, and Joe, thank you for joining us uh, and calling in. And I encourage our listeners, if you are listening, uh, look, oil and gas is a very complicated topic. This is why we have a show that focuses on trying to talk through how complicated it is in a way that all of us can understand. So I do encourage you, if you're listening to the show and you have a question, uh, how high is gas expected to go? What's going to, you know, what will happen here as we roll on through the summer days? Things that you might want to uh, think about before you plan your trip. I encourage you to call in. The phone number is 308. Uh, sorry, 210-308-8867. Again, the number is 210-308-8867. Jason, we are getting ready to go to break, but when we return, I want to uh, switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about, um, you know, these major oil and gas uh, CEOs headed to D.C. Um, they were invited by the White House, and then there was a change of plans, and then they decided that they were going to meet with Energy Secretary uh, Jennifer Graham Holt. So I want to get your take on uh, was it successful, what happened, but we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. The Greater Houston Partnership and Center for Houston's Future invite you to the second annual Future of Global Energy Conference presented by Chevron, June 28th through 30th. The three-day conference will highlight Houston's opportunity to lead the transition to an energy-abundant, low-carbon world. 
An in-person luncheon and keynote presentation will take place June 29th at the Hilton Americas Hotel featuring Houston Energy Transition Initiative Chair Bobby Tudor and U.S. Chamber of Commerce Senior Vice President of Policy Marty Durbin. Virtual conference sessions diving into topics such as decarbonization of oil and gas operations and next stage development of CCUS will take place on July 30th featuring nearly 40 experts from industry and academia participating in panel conversations. To learn more about the conference and to register, visit Houston.org. Hi, this is Kim Bilotto, host of the New All Patch Radio Show. Please be sure to stop by our booth and say hello. The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers invites you to their annual conference on September 14th and 15th at the Hotel Drover in Fort Worth, Texas. The event will feature author and energy expert Alex Epstein during the industry luncheon on September 15th. It's the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers annual conference, September 14th and 15th in Fort Worth, Texas. For tickets and hotel reservation information, go to TexasAlliance.org. That's TexasAlliance.org. Welcome back to our live edition of our nationally syndicated radio show called In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Uh, my co-host today is Jason Modulin, the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Uh, Jason, before the break, uh, we I wanted uh, I, I told our listeners we're going to get on uh, the meeting that happened with the CEOs going to D.C. and talking to Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. But I, I, I do want to uh, be mindful we have a, a callers on the line, so let me take a call real quick before we get into that. Uh, we have Clint, line two, San Antonio, Texas. Clint, what is your question for today? Yes, thank you for taking my call. My question is, how has the uh, oil sanctions affected Russia? And also, is it working as Biden had hoped for? Well, thank you for calling in today. Um, Jason, what do you think? Has it worked? Has it been successful? I mean, I know the ruble well, we, is number one in uh, <laughs> the, the highest uh, currency that everybody's after is the ruble. So I, I wouldn't think that, that it's working quite the way it hoped. But Yeah, we we touched on this on on the last live show with, with David, and, and I don't think anything has really changed that, that there's been a substantial amount of money that Russia has been able to gain out of this with the price of oil so high and the ability for that oil to go uh, both uh, east um, towards Asia um, and then south towards India and uh, other parts that are still uh, very much in demand um, and needing that energy. Um, and unfortunately, other than a few um, oligarchs that have uh, lost their yachts, um, I, I don't think it has necessarily uh, negatively impacted uh, Russia or their war effort, unfortunately. Well, as you mentioned earlier, G7 is currently going on in Germany, and it actually took uh, leaderships from Europe to start recognizing that uh, along with uh, Putin being able to capitalize uh, to other countries that are hungry for a good sale on uh, crude or natural gas that they've been you know, able to uh, take advantage of, they've also been able to finance some of the Ukrainian uh, invasion by gold. And so that was the discussion is that they are going to effective as of right now, uh, also put sanctions on uh, Russia for selling gold, hopefully trying to curtail that as well. So um, we'll see if that works. 
let's uh, let's switch gears and talk about uh, this past week. We had a, a, a an invitation from the White House that they were going to go and speak to Biden personally, the CEOs uh, and executives. And they were invited, and then something changed, and they wound up uh, having to attend uh, a meeting with Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, which I think that was important because she needs a lot of mentoring in in how energy really works. Um, But um, tell me a little bit about uh, there were seven major U.S. oil companies that headed to the Department of Energy's headquarters uh, on June 23rd. Uh, what was the outcome of that? What were the seven companies, and um, did did they get their point across? Yeah, well, I, I think it is good that they are talking. Um, uh, all indications are that this was a productive meeting. Um, I think uh, both API and then also the uh, Refiners Association put out uh, a note saying that they had positive dialogue, and and certainly we can be hopeful. Um, uh, Some of the things that they highlighted were uh, relaxing some trade and shipping barriers that that could potentially uh, lower some costs. They also talked about the possibility of regulatory relief at refineries, which could help either for expansion or for um, not needing to blend as many summer blends that uh, we've talked about before, truly raise the cost of refining uh, during the summer months. Um, but but as you kind of let in, the positive was just getting together. Uh, for the past 18 months, there hasn't been dialogue. Um, and there's truly been um, a, a lot of demonization and uh, mm-hmm. vilifying of the industry. And so I, I'm choosing to be optimistic that at least they had uh, a dialogue. Uh, I hope it will result in some positive actions uh, from the president and from the secretary. And we'll see where we go from here. Well, um, what were some of the seven companies that attended? Which ones uh, are you aware of? Um, And then another, you know, I'm also thinking, though, um, in that, I I didn't hear anything about um, the permits that that they're holding up. And, um, you know, is there any headway with pipelines? Are they understanding uh, when they banned or they keep canceling federal leases? And by this, you know, Obama had 50, 60 leases sales already at this time when he was in office for 17 months. And the Biden administration has had none. So um, was there any headway there? Uh, yeah, so uh, really we're talking about uh, majors um, as who participated Chevron. In, in, in the meeting. Yeah, you, you're bigger folks. I, I was uh, digging for an article to, to read you off the exact seven, but but it, it's going to be your much larger uh, super major companies. Uh, uh the reason that the president was unavailable is he was meeting uh, with some wind manufacturers, oh, uh, yes. some of which these uh, oil majors uh, are, are far and away bigger users of renewable energy or have invested far more in renewable energy than some of the folks he was meeting with. So it's fascinating uh, where he wanted to focus his attention. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, <laughs> Again, I go back to uh, it, it, at least they were talking. Um, I think there, there were positive actions there. Um, and, and hopefully there's some 
uh, some, some, some change in approach. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, no, it, it was largely focused on refineries, not focused on the production side of things. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, offshore leases, uh, it, it, that doesn't appear to have come up, uh, or at least not from what I've seen. Uh, this was largely focused on the refining bottleneck that we have right now. Right. And that's which, what they believe will be directly impacting the price of a gasoline at the pump. Um, when we come back, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, Biden's proposal gas tax holiday, if you will. But we're going to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. If you want to call in, the phone number is 210-308-8867. Again, the number is 210-308-8867. Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media and search engine optimization all of these areas really affect how google ranks your entire listing so if ranking on page one is your goal pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile we'll be in contact with you within 24 hours once again pick up the phone and call us now 210-240-7188 or simply go to shalemag.com that's s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g.com slash business profile start dealing with a company you can trust and always find We're back. Welcome back to our live edition of the nationally syndicated in the Wall Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today my co-host is Jason Modulin, who is the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, a great association. Uh, if you are not a part of it and you're an oil and gas or service company, you should be a part of it. Please be sure to visit their website, Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, and join and be a part of the solution as opposed to too many people being a part of the problem. Uh, Jason, <laughs> before uh, the break, we I wanted uh, to, to briefly talk about, um, you know, the president earlier this week has been floating around an idea that uh, we're going to have a gas tax holiday. Whoopee, woohoo. What does that mean? It sounds good. And of course, we need Congress to act on that if they decide that they're in agreement with the president. Um, so what is this gas tax holiday that he's proposing? Yeah, so the president uh, proposed cutting the uh, federal gasoline tax. That's an 18.4% tax. Um, uh, diesel's uh, a little over 22 cents a gallon. Um, uh, he floated that to Congress and, and uh, promptly uh, both senators and House leadership panned the proposal, said, no, they're absolutely not going to do that. Uh, he also asked states to follow his lead. And, and there have been a few states that, that uh, have followed suit. Uh, Maryland uh, suspended their state gas tax. The, the brand new Virginia governor proposed it, but uh, his legislature uh, told him no. Uh, 18 cents savings per gallon. That'd be about $2.70 for a 15-gallon tank. Uh, 
Um, but but it would have potentially the inverse result. When you lower the cost of something, you potentially increase demand, uh, which would keep prices flat or, or, or escalate. Um, so it would have the, the opposite effect he was intending. Um, and I thought it was interesting. This was after uh, an idea floated uh, in D.C. for sending a preloaded gas card to every American, um, but they quickly determined that they could not because there were not enough chips to secure the cards for, for millions of American households. There'd be untold amount of fraud in that proposal. Um, so um, this is the latest in a string of, of bad ideas coming out of Washington, D.C. It, well, I'm glad you said it that way, because that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm sitting here thinking, um, you're releasing uh, the SPR, the Strategic, uh, uh, what is that, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Petroleum Reserve. And that basically was created for, um, what, a matter of national emergency, uh, wartime, things like that. And it's really crucial that those things, that that, that thing exists, because honestly, that's how we won uh, World War II, was we actually had plenty, and, and that was the main outcome of why we won. It's not something that I think we should be messing with. And then we have now a proposal to take the, the tax away. But really, isn't the reality, or the problem, I should say, is that we have a whole bunch of permits that cannot get approved. Uh, it seems as though Wall Street and uh, the Biden administration taking the lead is, is not allowing, uh, and companies are not wanting to invest in the infrastructure necessary to continue to drill. And it isn't as easy as they make it seem. This requires a lot of investment, billions of dollars, years for them to to create it and then to get their money back. So why would uh, companies, oil and gas companies, want to invest in something that they don't see the profits coming back within time? And then to, to add insult to injury, we have so many permits that have been applied for that the Biden administration will not approve. Now, we're going to go to break, so I'm going to I'm going to come back with that question from you because I want to make sure that the American people, people who are listening to this show, understand um, the, the the tax, uh, you know, gas tax holiday isn't going to work, and a lot of these policies that he's floating are not going to work. Um, actually, it's just think, making things worse. And I do want you to tell me what you believe is the simplest solution, uh, you know, you're part of a, an association, your association works with all the other associations as well. There's got to be a consensus of what you guys think is the easiest path for the Biden administration to get on task and to start really helping put uh, better pricing for gas prices, crude prices, and, and solve this problem if we can uh, relatively quickly as opposed to continuing to just put a Band-Aid over a larger problem. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to in the Wall Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hey, when you're in business, you have to make a lot of tough choices. So let's talk about an easy one, your workers' comp coverage. If you're a propane or butane dealer or operator, you need to join the Lone Star Energy Safety Group through Texas Mutual Insurance Company. As a member, you'll automatically get a discount on your premium, plus you can earn double dividends that'll go straight into your pocket. It's the easiest decision you'll ever make. Find out more at TexasMutual.com slash Lone Star Energy.
We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. My co-host today is Jason Modulin, the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. We are taking your calls live. If you want to call in, it's 210-308-8867. Jason, before the break, um, we, we discussed President Biden's proposed gas tax. And I also discussed that there's a lot of other issues that operators face, um, permitting challenges, pipeline challenges, um, just to name a few. So what is it that the president, what are all of you guys as an association group? All of y'all are large, you're very uh, well-respected, and certainly have an understanding on what we need to do. Please explain to us, what is it that the president and his administration should be doing to help figure this uh, problem out that, that they've created? Yeah, there, Kim, there are a lot of good proposals out there uh, that really can address uh, a, a multifaceted approach to this challenge. First of all, we need more energy in this world. That's just the bottom line. And, yeah. and we need that approach to come from the administration and, and frankly, from allies overseas. You can't add more in energy uh, to the global mix by doing away with uh, oil and natural gas. It, it, mm -hmm. it simply will not work. Uh, we've talked about this before, but the American Petroleum Institute has put forward a 10 proposals for 2022 uh, to really address the, the shortfalls that, that were seen um, across the board. And again, uh, when President Biden was elected, he, he said that he was going to bring a whole of government approach to uh, limiting and shutting down domestic oil and gas production. And so we need the exact opposite um, in, in really being able to ramp back up to meet uh, growing demand here in the United States and abroad. Uh, and so that means lifting development restrictions on those federal lands and waters. When we talk about the 9,000 uh, leases that are undeveloped, it's because there are limitations in developing those. Um, uh, we also need to prioritize critical energy infrastructure projects. This means pipelines. This means ports. Part of the reason that you need to fix some of those issues is because we have a very complicated uh, bureaucratic process in, in D.C. Anytime you are crossing state lines, it limits both pipelines, but it also limits uh, electrical transmission lines. If you're wanting to invest in wind or solar and move it across state lines, uh, uh, they have difficulty as well in this permitting process. Um, uh, we talked about that tone that really you need to have a different tone when you're approaching Wall Street, when you're approaching Main Street, uh, talking about investing in American energy. Uh, that would be quite a change from what we've seen um, uh, in both the uh, kind of moral outlook that certain companies have, have made too much money um, or that uh, you need to shut down oil and gas. Uh, one thing that we've focused on is supply chain bottlenecks. Uh, as, as I mentioned before, the steel constraints that, that we've seen. Um, and, and then finally, really embracing uh, the opportunities. Um, natural gas is a clean burning fuel. We very much want to get the rest of the world off of Chinese coal, off of biomass, um, and, and really get them onto electricity, get them onto clean cooking fuels uh, so that they can have a better uh, environment, both within their home, but, but then also globally. 
there are tremendous opportunities there uh, for this administration, uh, even if they want to continue to pursue environmental goals, even if they want to pursue uh, stronger labor goals, uh, they can do that in conjunction with American oil and natural gas. Um, and so I, I was heartened to see API's proposal. I, I know you've talked to um, AXPC as well. They've got a great short proposal. I, I think we're all talking about um, uh, permitting, uh, leasing um, and then and then the kind of tone approach that uh, the administration needs to take and and again hopefully this la this last week with uh, the secretary finally meeting with oil and gas folks uh, that it, it's going to be a change come to Washington you know one thing that 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 I, I think about a lot is it would be nice to see the tone strike a match of understanding uh, a match and not matches, but a match together that we, like you said earlier, we need all of it. You know, wind and solar are fine uh, and they serve a purpose. Uh, so does, you know, hydrogen and nuclear, but oil and gas specifically are still the main hubs of what we absolutely need to. And if, if we really understood how much is a byproduct of oil and gas, uh, plastics, and we still continue, we need everything we produce, everything we use is a byproduct of oil and gas. Even from toothpaste has, has a byproduct in there. So we don't really understand how much we need it. I think this administration lacks the insight needed to understand that. And while it's okay to push, you know, your clean energy and um, renewables, um, it would be nice if they would understand and, and push out the rhetoric, push out the, the policies of saying, uh, we need it all right now, folks, but we can slowly start making the change, which we are clearly on that path. Um, and in time, you know, we will be able to have a much greener society. But we're seeing the problems right now, Jason, of when we are going too fast, too quick, um, it's not a good policy either, and it has a lot of unintended consequences. Um, and I sure wish that David Blackman was joining us today because he could certainly <laughs> tell. Well, I mean, one of those unintended consequences is, is fertilizer and access to cheap fertilizer, which is a result of natural gas and the abundance of natural right. gas um, and that access to nitrogen. And so when you start to shut down natural gas, you start to limit your fertilizer production and then you start to limit agricultural output. And, mm -hmm. and I don't know about you, but I like to eat. That's and, right. Um, and, That's and so we got to uh, eat so the rest of the world. <laughs> um, and, and so if you start to limit agricultural production, we have tremendous problems. It, it, again, it's hopefully a sign of, uh, and, and some of these European leaders are talking about this right now, is, is we have to think about reinvesting back in natural gas, reinvesting back in right. fertilizer production. Right. Uh, we can still have high environmental standards. We can still um, uh, hold uh, these industries to account, um, but simply turning away, not allowing them to produce at all uh, what what it, it does is makes you more dependent on Russia, makes you more dependent on, on economies around the world. That's true. That frankly don't have the same environmental standard. That's true. And if you think we have a gas problem now, wait till we have a food shortage problem, which they're talking about potentially. Let's take a quick break. When we return, I want to get back on uh, other factors that could possibly constrain the growth. And then, of course, rig count. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. 
The Texas Alliance of Energy Producers invites you to their annual conference on September 14th and 15th at the Hotel Drover in Fort Worth, Texas. The event will feature author and energy expert Alex Epstein during the industry luncheon on September 15th. It's the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers annual conference, September 14th and 15th in Fort Worth, Texas. For tickets and hotel reservation information, go to texasalliance.org. That's texasalliance.org. SR Trident is a veteran-owned and operated industrial construction company. Established in 2012 by co-founders Stephen Snyder and Ryan Berthold, SR Trident has positioned itself as an expert in the industrial construction sector. With mounting business expansions, they've assembled a team of skilled, experienced, and able individuals who are dedicated to meeting client needs as they evolve. SR Trident's safety record is impeccable as they've won a number of awards, including the ABC National Safety Excellence Award in 2020. With exceptional leadership and experience driving their gains, SR Trident can tackle any project and are ready to let their talent be the driving force in the energy industry. Call today, 361-776-2662 or visit online at srtrident.com to request a bid proposal today. back. You're listening to a Noel Patch Radio Show. My co-host is Jason Modulin, the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Jason, before the break, we were uh, discussing a lot of the problems that are happening in D.C. and uh, some quick fixes, well, not quick fixes, but some fixes potentially <laughs> coming out from the uh, associations of a good policy that could certainly turn things around and start us on the right path. And let's hope that the administration is listening to our show. <laughs> um, but let's switch gears and talk a little bit about the rig count. Um, um, first, uh, it was double-digit growth. You know, ha- ha- where is the rig count? We've had some double-digit growth, and we haven't. Have we seen it? It has been growing. It has been going up. So, what uh, what can we expect with the double-digit growth? And then also, um, prices have been down for the last few weeks. They were up pretty high, and then they kind of seem to have come back down and stabilized. So, uh, tell me a little bit about rig count. I'm not quite too sure. I haven't looked at it actually this week to see where we are with it. So, I really would like an update on where we are. Yeah, as you mentioned, double-digit rig count in the United States uh, uh, increase uh, some 13 rigs, according to Baker Hughes and the Inveris uh, uh, rig count that they do each week. Um, uh, really, uh, qu- quite positive. Uh, we had seen slow growth uh, over this year uh, in the single digits, and, and this was really the first time jumping up 13 rigs, uh, four new rigs in the Permian Basin, and three in the Eagleford, uh, which is positive here in Texas. Um, and and really, it's it's the first time that we've started to see folks really, really uh, move a little quicker um, in reacting to these high prices. As you mentioned, there has been some price uh, variability here uh, lately. Uh, it's certainly been over $100 uh, for quite some time, uh, but was hovering around um, uh, $120. Um, now, I think uh, today it was, it was in that $107 range. Um, and, and this is a variety of factors. Uh, we've got um, uh, um, storage that has been reported a number of times at all-time lows, um, and then uh, there'll be a reversal of that, and, and there'll be a higher draw. Uh, we continue to see uh, high gasoline demand uh, this summer. Uh, certainly, 
over what it was uh, last year, but but just a considerable amount of volatility um, in the world when there was a uh, increase of the uh, basis point for for um, the federal interest rate. That that resulted in uh, a pretty significant chilling uh, of the price, um, and then and then the inverse. This week, you're starting to see a stronger dollar, and that typically means uh, a lower uh, uh, price per barrel. So, um, uh, really, just a lot of volatility. Um, uh, but what we're expecting is prices to stay uh, above hundred dollars for quite some time, and that and that's really uh, a risk. Um, to both the global economy, um, mm-hmm. but but then to to consumers, um, it, it raises the cost of everything. It's where we continue to see uh, just this this astronomical inflation rate. Well, you know, you, you bring that up, and um, I read a media report the other day that was discussing how just the sheer price of diesel fuel, which obviously truckers are on the road providing us all of the commodities that we use daily, grocery stores, you name it, everything is being filled by truckers primarily. Um, and their prices are so high that it's also an indicator that we are moving into a recession. So you've got a lot of problems um, when we look at this. And so it is, uh, it, well, it's a complicated topic, you know, um, energy and how it comes together and, um, and, you know, what the price will be and speculation and people, you know, the traders on Wall Street, how all of this comes together and makes it, this- it, it, it raises the cost of everything. I mean, uh, uh, in addition to uh, the stuff on the grocery store shelves, I, I've seen a lot of um, news reports about uh, police officers and ambulance services and how they're limiting uh, their trips um, uh, because of the high price of gas. Uh, it's resulting in needing to go back to their uh, state or county government and ask for more funds, uh, which will only raise taxes higher for those jurisdictions. So um, it really has uh, quite of an expansive effect um, uh, because we have this, this tightness across the economy. Right. We also, though, see a record demand because it's so hot. Uh, and Urquhart here is dealing with record uh, demands as well. Quickly tell me, what's the situation there? Yeah, record summer demand uh, for the month of June. I think they've set the record four times. It might even be five uh, uh, by the end of today. Um, and, and really, that's that's truly remarkable. Uh, continues to show uh, pretty exponential growth here in Texas. Uh, for needing air conditioning, but then also uh, all of the other creature comforts that we come to enjoy uh, from from electricity, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which also includes electric vehicles um, mm-hmm. that are adding uh, new demand onto our electricity grid. Um, and, and really, it's it's creating a lot of challenges um, because we haven't quite seen the investment in new thermal generation. Uh, we continue, thanks to the federal government, uh, see a lot of wind and solar investment here in Texas um, because they are assured a, a federal price point through a production tax credit. But we don't have the same uh, price guarantees and, and, and therefore uh, these builders, these investors of natural gas, coal, nuclear, uh, don't have the same uh, incentive or price structure uh, that they see with with other types of uh, electricity generation. So uh, it's really creating some challenges for us, uh, particularly as we get hotter and hotter, mm-hmm. um, that uh, uh, you might see ERCOT advise some conservation measures and hopefully avoid 
uh, brownouts and blackouts. We never want to see those. Well, hopefully. And so, Jason, I would like to thank you for being my co-host today on our live show. And I'd also like to remind our listeners that you have an upcoming conference in Dallas, Texas, right there near Fort Worth. Or is it in Fort Worth? It's it's, it's in Fort Worth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right, right there in uh, <laughs> I love the Fort Worth Stockyards. Stockyards. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Get your tickets now. It's a great event. Of course, in the Oil Patch Radio Show, plans on being there as well. We'll be talking to your uh, keynote speakers and uh, attending the conference and covering it. And we will continue to push it out because it is a great conference. And, of course, Dallas, who doesn't want to go to Fort Worth and and hang out out there? Uh, David, I'm sorry, David. I'm so sorry, Jason. Jason. We'll have him back next time. (laughs) I'm just so used to it. Uh, where can they go if they want information for the conference or on the Alliance? Yeah, it, it's uh, texasalliance.org. That's the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. And the website is texasalliance.org. Uh, right there on our homepage, uh, we've got lots of, of good information, including on the conference. Um, and we are looking forward to being back there September 14th and 15th at the Hotel Drover in the Fort Worth Stockyards. Very good. Get your tickets now, and there's still sponsorships available as well. And as I said, we look forward to to uh, attending it as well, covering it, and hopefully uh, we will run into some of our listeners as well. Um, well, until our next show, Jason, thank you for joining uh, me today. There's obviously a lot to talk about in oil and gas, um, so I do encourage our listeners, if you want to stay up with the latest on what's happening here in the Oil Patch Radio Show, like our Facebook page, you can also go to shale, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com, and uh, there's a pop-up screen. Go ahead and fill that out, and you can sign up for our digital issue Stay up with the patch and also Shell Magazine. For now, thank you for listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.